So good morning, church. My name is George. I'm an elder here in City Bowl, for those of you who don't know me. And um, just a, it's been a couple of weeks, but hands up for, for those who are here who heard the first, who heard the first version one. Okay, cool. Cool. Yeah, it's, that's good. That's good. <laughs> so um, just a little bit of background. I'm going to give the same background I gave last time, just that there's quite a few people that weren't there for the first time. So um, Chuck's actually, before we start, I just want to say happy birthday to Justin, eh? Turn 40. Eh? Yeah. But I'm excited to see what God does in you these next 40 years, eh? I'm excited. And I was actually chatting to, to Andrew, and we are just talking about how sometimes we, we take birthdays for granted. It's just something we tick off. But actually, there's life there, and we, we mustn't just gloss over it's, uh, it's little Johnny's fourth birthday. So we see a little kid with a bow tie. I give him a high five. It's his birthday as well. But such an opportunity for us as a family to celebrate life, to celebrate life and to speak life. Literally yesterday, welcome to Yastach. Moi, man. Chippers. Guys are getting older here, eh? Amazing, eh? <clears throat> So getting back to my notes. So what, what we're doing, and, and Luke said it so powerfully the other day, he said to me, you know, it feels like what God's doing with us as a church um, is he's just massaging wisdom. He's massaging wisdom and, and how to do life properly. And I don't know about you guys, but I tell you, we're living in a generation that's unprecedented. Eh? We haven't heard that word in a long time. And uh, it's unprecedented in terms of the technology, the things we experience, the things we're exposed to. And as Christians, more than ever, we need wisdom and how to live out a godly life in a culture where everything is designed to steal your time, your mind, and, and your money. So what we're doing today is we're going through the book of uh, Proverbs. Proverbs is written by King Solomon. And um, King Solomon is responsible for three, I think, three books of the Bible. Song of Songs, Proverbs, and Ecclesiastes. And the background to those books was that uh, he wrote Song of Songs when he was young. And... Uh, the joke there is that that's why he forgot to mention God. The whole book was just about loving a, a woman. And then he wrote Proverbs when he was middle age, and that's a book of the will. Okay? And then later on in life, he wrote, he wrote Ecclesiastes, and that, that's a book where he wrote in his old age, and it's a book of the mind. Okay? And um, the beauty about Proverbs 27 is that each proverb in, in, 20, in chapter 27 is like a little jewel. It stands completely on its own. So what I've really enjoyed, last, I must be honest, the last time I preached, I was like, it's the most fun I've ever had with a microphone. Because, <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Because, you know, each, each little verse was its own thing. And you can, you can literally pop it open and just unpack. So I, really, I actually had lots of fun uh, last time. I'm trusting the Lord for the same. You know, guys, it was weird. Eh? Last, last time I preached, I literally lost my voice for like four days. Uh, and I, I was saying to Luke, I don't know if it's... If it's uh, I don't know if it's spiritual, spiritual, something spiritual. It's like literally you preach and then your voice gets taken away from you. I was like, yo. But um, my kids got a hold of my, my preaching notes so you can see there's a red tick next to every verse. <laughs> hey? And Jesus says, let the little children come. Don't, don't keep them away. So I just want to let you know that the little children have approved of my preaching notes. So. I, I, it's a scribble. It's a lot of ticks, though. So I, mean, I, I can, I'll tell you the marks up later. But I think it's four marks. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> I think it's four marks. So, Kevin, if you can put Proverbs 27 up, I just want to go through what we spoke about last week. Um, so I'm going to read one to seven. So it started off saying, "Do not boast about tomorrow." Uh, Proverbs 27. 1 to, 
Um, do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring. Let another praise you and not your own mouth, a stranger and not your own lips. A stone is heavy and, a, and sand is weighty, but a fool's provocation is heavier than both. That was one of my favorites. It's that picture of like a stone and sand and the, the differences between the two. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it is recorded. You can actually listen to it if you want. Wrath is cruel, anger is overwhelming, but who can stand before jealousy? Better is an open rebuke than hidden love. Eh? Faithful are the wounds of a friend, profuse are the kisses of an enemy. Now, those are the ones we covered. We're going to start off Proverbs 27, verse 8. Actually, oh, I forgot one. Uh, no, I'm lying. We're going to start from 7, sorry. So, Proverbs 27, verse 7. He who is full loathes honey, but to the hungry, even what is bitter tastes sweet. Um, what's amazing is self-restraint increases enjoyment, and, and that can be applied in anything. Um, but overindulgence produces satiety, I think that's how you pronounce it, fatigue and inactive or indolence. And, uh, you know, we live in a society where, where too much is never enough. You can actually never have too much money. You can never have a big enough house. You can never have too, too many cars. <coughs> Rian. <coughs> <coughs> Sorry. No, oh, whatever. And... Um, you know, and, and, and I thought to myself, you know, even, even is too much internet even a thing? Like, like if you get practical, like, because the goal is always like, why stop a 20 meg line? Why not get a 100? Why not, why not get a gigabit line? Like, more, you know? And actually, shucks, guys, maybe for some of us, an old school 1 meg line is actually what we need because we don't need that much internet. Now, what's interesting is if you look at the Pharisees and the disciples, you know, the Pharisees were satisfied with the law and the traditions of their time. They were fully stoked. They didn't need any more. And um, how different was it for the disciples of Jesus? You know, the disciples of Jesus, if you're a Pharisee, you had not just like status within the church. You had status within society. You were, you were a man among men. And um, with Jesus' disciples, they really were just young fishermen. They really... Like they had nothing economically, well, not nothing, but economically, socially. And when this rabbi came along, like with what um, Gamaliel was one of the rabbis of the day who was super popular. If you got to sit under his teaching, you were guaranteed you would be uh, sort of giving advice to kings and nations and that kind of thing. So when the disciples um, saw Jesus come to them and say, hey, come follow me, it was like an invitation to everything. It wasn't just an invitation to teaching. It was like social, you know, social, economic. You name it. They were, like, that was the implied promise. And Jesus often, he often taught things that were hard. And even his disciples often used to say, but Lord, who can understand these things? These things are impossible. And they were essentially bitter to the taste. But they were so willing to digest and to chew and to find because they, um, they weren't full. They weren't fully satisfied. And um, we've got Deuteronomy 6, verses 10 to 12. Kevin? I'm oh, not so this says, and when the Lord your God brings you into the land that you swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give you with great and good cities that you did not build, and houses full of good things that you did not fill, and cisterns that you did not dig, and vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant, and when you eat and are full, then take care, at least you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the houses of slavery. And that's profound. You know, Jesus often would reply to the Pharisees out of Deuteronomy. Effectively, you can, you can assume that he was doing his quiet times out of Deuteronomy. So there are many truths in that book which are for eternity. 
And how powerful is that, eh? the warning to Israelites, and how much more of a warning is that also to us? Don't become satisfied. You know what I mean, God? I often say to people, in your 30s, it's the most dangerous part of your life, because in your 20s, you're longing for marriage. You're longing for, I understand the older singles, so don't, don't persecute me. Um, but generally speaking, as a rule of thumb, in your 20s, you're looking for the job, you're looking for the marriage, you're looking for the heart, you know, all those things. And when God, when God satisfies those needs, right, and he gives you the things that you long for in your heart, what often happens is people stray. I've got friends, guys. I've got friends who used to be in, in ministry, they used to be, and, and I look at their lives and they're no longer passionately a disciple of Jesus. They tick a box, they attend church, but there's no passion there's no discipleship for Jesus. And I just want to warn us, like, long ago, the kings of the earth didn't have what we have. We have an aircon. If you've got a headache, you take a panado. We've got a car, which, imagine comparing a chariot of a king to, your, to a VW Golf. <laughs> it's no comparison. You know, we, we live in an age where most kings will look at us and be envious. So just a caution for us to watch our heart and, and sometimes do an audit on our own heart. Make sure we don't forget the Lord. And, and sometimes, I just want to say, I mean, we, we met with, we were supposed to have uh, coffee with Clay and JJ. I don't know if you guys remember Clay and JJ. Yeah, they, we planted them out, kicked them out. No jokes, they left. They went to Milneton. They had the plant there. And um, JJ couldn't make it, and Clay was there. And I said, you know, Clay, how's JJ? She said, oh, you know, he's going well, you know. It's cool, but he's unemployed now. And I was like, oh, that's hectic, you know. And she just shared a little bit of the journey. And um, it's funny how in your flesh you can just, be deflated, you're like, oh, gosh, what a time to lose your job. Yet in my spirit, how exciting. Like, I'm so excited for him, and I really am trusting God's going to do some incredible things. There's a long backstory and stuff, but it's incredible. And the reason why I mention that is because sometimes God allows lack in our lives. Sometimes God takes the thing that we so desperate for, and he pulls it away. And we think to ourselves, why, Lord? Aren't you a good God? Why don't you? But there's, there's purpose in it. And, um, and then I want to say also that sometimes... We can also do that. We can also create lack on purpose in our lives. And there's, there's, a, there's a brilliant book called Celebrations of Discipline by Richard J. Foster. And some of the disciplines he talks about is meditation, prayer, fasting, study, simplicity, solitude, submission, service, confession, worship, guidance, and celebration. And, and I've read that book, and it's, it's, it's hard. I must be honest. I read that. I was like, sheepers. Firstly, wow, there's some disciplines which I've never put in practice. And there's some things which, like fasting, you think to yourself, but, oh, that's quite hard. Eh? Even Andrew Sealy himself is like, a, I'm not a big fan. But, um, but I just want to say there is, there is something to be said for, for self-limiting, self-limitation uh, and, and, and living life of simplicity. You know, I don't know if you guys know the Shakers. There was a movement called the Shakers, right? You talk to anyone remodeling the kitchen, and, and, and you ask them, like, what are you, you going to do? Like, no, definitely I'm going to go shake a style. You know, it's going to look lacquer. It's timeless. It's elegant. And um, so even to this day, there's a whole design movement. Correct me if I'm wrong, yeah? Shake a style. It's, it's a real thing, Matthew. Yeah? Okay, cool. And, um, and the beauty of it is they pursued simplicity. They pursued a life of simplicity. They were convinced that Jesus was coming back ASAP, man. So when they built furniture, they built beautiful, um, simple furniture. And it's funny how it stood the test of time. And... The same principle can be applied to our own lives. If we build lives that are simple, you know, lives that are down to earth, that are stripped away of fluff and of, of distraction, and yeah, there's something to be said of that. And um, yeah, 
You know, Liz, Liz and Andrew did that. Not everyone, not everyone was here. It was like leaders time. And uh, they took us through some of these things of building the scaffolding in our lives, you know, the bamboo scaffolding, and how to, how to strip away, how to be live simple lives, and how to... Um, yeah, so I just want to encourage us. Like, it feels like God is, is on our case on how to live wisely because the days we live in are, in fact, evil. Fantastic. Proverbs 27, verse 8. Like a bird that strays from its nest is a man who strays from his home. I don't know. Luke, what do you think? No, I'm no, look, it's amazing. Hey, I must say, one thing I've loved in, in going through the Proverbs is, is you look at something, and it's, I don't know if you know the statue of David. You know David? How's it going? It's like this. I feel like after Mike did that Beyonce dance, I'm also, I can also do some stuff. <laughs> eh? But, uh, you know, the statue, the statue of David, the, the reason why it is in the pose that it is, whatever, sling or something, is because the, 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 the carver, the sculptor, thank you, um, he was given a block of marble that was a particular shape, and the previous guy had attempted something, and he had knocked a hole in the bottom, and then he gave up. So it was this very long, narrow slab with a giant hole. And, um, yeah, so that's why David is the shape. The, the, the sculptor had to, like, fit, fit it in. And, and basically, I, I just love that. Like, God does it with us, too. He takes this, like, very rugged piece of, like, like what Dave's word was. And he takes these, like, rough things. And he just keeps polishing and keeps polishing until you, you get this beautiful um, soul that's been sculpted by the creator himself. Anyway, the point is, it's the same thing with these scriptures. You keep digging, eventually you mine gold. So, the idea is, if a bird wanders from its nest, there's risk from birds of prey, A, for the bird, but there's also risks for the nest, for the potential eggs and the young in the nest. In ancient times, they, they call it sojourning, and long-distance travel was incredibly dangerous and unpredictable. And it had to be done with in, intent and specific purpose. And um, being away from a, the security of a city, a family, a culture, a synagogue was understood as physically as well as spiritually dangerous. Okay? That's where you get the whole story of the prodigal son. The guy removed himself straight from his nest. Very dangerous. Um, so in modern times, you know, travel's easier, it's safer, and it's very accessible. Any of us, you just look at Liz and Andrew, and they hop on a plane, 14 hours, they're in Dubai, another 8 hours, they're in Geneva. You know, it's incredible. We can be across the world in, in a matter of hours. And, uh, but the same dangers still apply, okay? Same dangers still apply. And there, there is a difference between migratory birds, and that's, that's birds that fly from nest to nest, right? They leave their nest in Europe, and they fly to Africa. And they, they're not just wandering. And the reason what I think is quite amazing here is there's wisdom and purpose in... Um, in making sure you don't stray from your nest, right? And, and the, the, the thinking here is that in this generation, you've been put here, you've been born, God's placed you in a family, he's placed you in a church, he's placed you for a reason. And, I, and that men's conference was amazing, eh? like realizing your responsibility as a man and what God's called you to in a place, to love and to serve and to, and to do. And, and it's, it's, actually, it's actually a, um, I think it's actually a curse in our generation because Previous generations used to get their identity from their responsibility. So you were, you were born into a country, made you a citizen. You, there was no birth control. So if you wanted to procre- procreate, there was immediately you had to get married. 
Um, and then you were not normally a farmer as well, because that's what your parents did, so that's what you did. If your dad was a blacksmith, you were a blacksmith. And then normally you would fight too. So you, from the get-go, when you turned 18, you were a husband, a, a citizen, a soldier, a blacksmith. You had res- responsibilities, and you got your identity from those responsibilities. In our modern culture, we get our, we get our identity from our freedoms, right? So what we say is like, no, I don't, I don't want a family. I'm, I'm a designer. I'm a this. I'm a that. And I actually, I don't want any responsibility. I just want to travel and float and be. So I'm not critiquing travel. I'm critiquing the heart behind travel, right? The heart behind wanting to, just to be free and not to have any responsibilities. And the encouragement there is that if you don't have a nest, get one. If you're a guy and you're not married, get married. If you, if you, if you don't have a job, find one. And uh, if you're not part of a church, join one. Yeah, it's biblical. So Proverbs 27 verse 9. Perfume and incense bring joy to the heart, and the pleasantness of one's friend springs from earnest counsel. And I'm so glad this is here because something that's been on my heart is just uh, especially after Tuesday when Liz and Andrew spoke to us, the one thing that stood out for me, and also stood out for me in the men's thing, was this thing of friendship. Like, it's incredible how at the men's camp there were so many guys. The encouragement was, find a friend. <laughs> Stop being lonely. Just go find a friend. If you don't have one, say, hey, uh, my name is George. I want to be your friend, right? And do it. Yeah? And, um, and there's, there's such incredible, I don't know, sometimes we read the scriptures and we gloss over these things, like the story of David and Jonathan. Man, it, the scriptures tell us their souls were knitted together. It was a deep, like, friendship. And, and I'm telling you, the world longs for this. Um, Jesus himself, you know, he had disciple John, right? He used to rest his head on Jesus' chest. He, was, he loved him that much. And I think, yeah, I'm not going to tell you what I think. I'm going to stick to my nose. Right. Family... <laughs> I always think family is chosen by God, okay? The family that you were born into is no mistake. I know some of us, you look at your family like, where did I come from? Like, I don't know where I fit in here. Everyone's just different. And even when I look at my own children, you know, it's the same recipe, same factory, cooked for the same amount of time, nine months, and they pop out different. And you're like, how? How are you this different? Can't you just be the same, you know? So, so just make peace with the fact that God's put you in the family for a reason and a purpose, and that, that's sovereign. So you never have to double-guess that. That's cool. That's done. God's decided that, right? And I often think to myself, it's amazing how I think sometimes the... I don't know about you, but when you look at families, sometimes the, the, the worst parents get the most angelic children, and sometimes the most amazing parents get these hectic kids. And you think to yourself, like, why, Lord? Like, and I think it's, good. it's God's sovereignty is sometimes the parents... God actually uses the children to be grace to be gracious to the parents and, and vice versa. So be encouraged if you have a difficult child. <laughs> yeah. So um, I just wanted to say also friend, friends are chosen, are both chosen and appointed. And, and I think that for me is so beautiful. I, I had a story I shared with, with, I think I shared with someone the other day, where I have an old friend. Um, we did ministry together, did a whole bunch of things, and... Something happened, and I was just like, man, I don't know if this guy's, I need to be friends with this oak anymore, you know? Because we know each other for decades. I don't want to throw the friendship away, but I also don't want to be sentimental. And I actually, I went to God, and I prayed. I said, Lord, just show me. Like, show me what I must do with this friend. 
Um, I don't want to be silly and I don't want to be sentimental. Give me your wisdom. And it was incredible. About, about a year later, he messaged me and he said, Bud, I've just been praying for you, man. And I had this word choice. And I was like, what? Cool. That, okay. Cool. He's like, does it mean anything? I was like, ah, I can't. I can't. Uh, let's do lunch, you know? And um, we sat together and I was like, I just encouraged him. And, I, and it, it was so mutually edifying. And I said to him, I said, you know, it's a, it's, it's a word on point because I've been seeking the Lord for this friendship, trying to work out, like, what must I do here? What's my responsibility? And I felt like God said, it's a choice. You can choose. You, know, you can choose to push in. You can choose. It's fine. There's, there's a freedom there. And then I also just want to say, sometimes friends are appointed. And uh, for such a time as this, and, and I tell you, I just want to encourage us, don't rest on historical friendships. Historical friendships are amazing. We all have those friends where you, 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 know, you see every like, couple of years, but when you kick off, it's like, man, we haven't left, you know? But, um, but where you find yourself now, don't, don't discount the people around you because of historical stuff. Okay. So people that God's put in your life now, um, yeah, now push in. And, and, and I just want to say to the older I think this, this might apply to the older toppies, the guys. If you've got silver hair, gray hair, I'm not pointing anywhere, but just, just saying. Is, is that I find the older generation, they sometimes struggle to, they struggle to open up. They struggle to engage. They struggle to share. And, and, and it's an, I want to just put out an invitation there. You know, Liz shared with us her friendship with Christine. Um, and there's, I'm not going to spoil it for her, but there's a bit of an age gap. Okay. Um, <laughs> And, and, I, and I just felt it was such a beautiful story of how the kingdom works, right? So you got Liz, who's um, beautiful. Thank you, Liz. You see, I've got my back here. Ooh, sweating, eh? Um, yeah. So now you've got Liz and Andrew who go all over the world. Like, the, the, these two, God's using these guys powerfully. And I, I look at my life, and I really hope I'm like them one day. When I'm, when I'm older... I really trust I'm going to be seeking God as hard as they are. Because I'm telling you, these are ex- I don't see retirement anywhere near the horizon for these guys. And, um, but yet, in the kingdom, Liz can go to Christine, and she can say, Christine, can you help me some stuff? I- I'm struggling. Can you talk into my life? And there's something super beautiful about the fact that just because of your age, you know, um, that was said to Timothy, don't, just because you're young, don't let people look over you. Don't let people discount you. And in the kingdom, I've... I have fathered people that are physically older than me. I've spoken into their life with the wisdom that God's given me. Not because of I'm, I'm special, but because of the spirit that God's put inside of me. So I want to encourage us. It could be as, as simple as just going to someone. And um, I just want to honor Christoph. Christoph's been amazing. Hey? That oak. Sheesh. Intentional, honest, front-footed. You name it, he's, he's the poster boy for, for living this stuff out, of, of being front-footed and, and pushing in. And um, I just want to say, there is so much, there is so much in friendship, guys. I, I really think, I wish I, <laughs> yeah, I don't, know, I don't know what else to say, but, um, but if, you, if you find yourself lacking friendships, you're missing out. Okay. This, this, this room is filled with amazing people who love Jesus. And, um, and, and don't, you don't have to shoot in the dark. Look at people's lives. Look at their life and say, like, are they on fire? Like, you know, is the marriage healthy? The kids love Jesus and then and push in. But single people can also be good friends. That's, I'm just saying. Yeah. It's a joke. Tough crowd. <laughs> ah, 
Proverbs 29 verse 10. Moving on, yeah, quick. Do not forsake your friend and your father's friend, and do not go to your brother's house in the day of your calamity. Better is a neighbor who is near than a brother who is far away. Well, that's amazing for me, hey? I mean, that is, that is just a story about the last two years. I don't know about you guys. We had it where uh, we, we had COVID, uh, I think it was a year ago. So uh, I'm sure we've all had COVID. So my story is not special, right? But uh, my wife's parents got, got sick as well, and we thought they were dying. So we're processing that. And then full, I had COVID, I was quite sick. And I don't know about you guys, but as a man, when I get sick, I feel like I'm dying. I just, no one loves me. Like, <laughs> it's no resilience, no. Not when I'm sick. When I'm healthy, bring it on. But when I'm sick, it's a, it's a bag of sour worms. And um, so Phil tells me, no, no I'm going to go to my parents. Um, can you just keep working from home, look after the children and make supper and just like, like basically do everything. Uh, I'll be back this afternoon. And then she, she phones me in the afternoon. She's like, no, my parents are like, I don't know. They're sick. I'm going to stay there a night or two. Is that cool? And I was like, no, it's, it's, it's terrible. It's, it's, my, my mom started manifesting. I tried to calm her down. I was like, just relax, mom. There's, there's, there's wisdom in this. Full is being led by the Holy Spirit. And, um, but it's, you know, it's incredible, hey, like my mom actually phoned me, she said, I wish I could be there, but there's no flying, and even if she could, I mean, it's probably unwise for my old, older mom to come and be exposed to all those sick people, but what was amazing was our community mobilized, people dropped off meals, people got involved, and I, I'm probably preaching to the choir, you're probably all like, yeah, I mean, I'm a Josh Jenner, I, I get it, you know, but I, I promise you, there's been times where I've been walking um, in my neighborhood, and there's a car outside my house, and, and uh, the guy's like, oh, yeah, I think someone's at your door. I'm like, oh, yeah, someone's dropping off a meal for us. And they're like, what? <laughs> Why would they do that, you know? And, um, yeah, and I'd explain to him, like, as a church culture, we look after each other. We're family, you know? So this thing of, yeah, a neighbor you know, loving us is applicable. I also wanted to say, don't default to, to technology. Uh, yeah, don't default to technology what the blueprint of God can also provide. Like, and in, t- in terms of being in need, I remember once I said to a friend of mine, um, I, need, I need to go to the airport, but it's chill, I'm going to catch an Uber. And he insisted, he was like, no, I, I'm going to take you. And I was like, but, but, but no, I'll just take an Uber. And um, so, I, long story short, he, he took me to the airport and it was wonderful. And that friend is no longer here, he's in the UK, you know, I don't see him anymore, but it was such a wonderful opportunity to talk and to bond and to care. And, um, and I just wanted to encourage us, like, don't default, don't, don't switch. Uh, I'm actually taking a, a family to the airport this afternoon, actually. And it's great. I'm looking forward to it because it gives me time to, to speak into their lives and to love them. And so, yeah, so, so don't, don't waste your time of need is what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. Do you know the the world the world the way the world works and the way God works is so different here. You know the world loves um, like UNICEF and UN and there's always like big organizations you just give money to and they kind of make the problem go away. But I just want to say like this thing of your neighbor being there for you is actually God's plan. I remember Michael Eaton. Um, he's he's passed away now. He's a wonderful theologian, and he's he used to live in Kenya and he said you know 
he would watch these. I'm not, I'm not bashing NGOs, right? There's a, there's a place for everything. So if you work at an NGO, please don't. I'm not hating you. Yeah. So. <laughs> Where's Phil when you need her? Eh? Like, Thank you. Next point, yeah. <laughs> but, but he said his experience in Kenya was that um, every, every hundred US dollars that would be donated to some organization, like probably two, two to three dollars would actually end up getting to someone in need. So it was really an ineffective way. And he tells this amazing story about the one day he, he's at church and he used to do this Bible training program. And um, when people finished the Bible training programs, one guy said, well, what do I do now? And he said, well, come, you go plant churches. Obviously, you've been equipped, Go. So this guy disappears. Two years later, he comes back. He's like, Mr. Michael Eaton, I've planted like 14 churches, uh, but I've got a problem. My wife's like in labor and there's a bit of a problem. And it's kind of not, she, she looks like she's going to pass away. And um, Michael Eaton knew a guy who owned a helicopter. Just, I suppose pastors know people. And they, <laughs> they literally hopped in 20 minutes. They were in the helicopter in some remote place, airlifted her out, got her to hospital. The baby and the mom survived. And he, you know, he told that story to say like, that's how God's kingdom works, right? It's that it's through people you know, and the people that God's placed into your sphere of influence are the people that he's calling you to, to impact. It's those people, you know, like, um, like, the, if, yeah, like the people you work with. Man, I, I'm never going to meet them. I, 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 I might preach okay, but I'm not going to be able to give them the message. The people that you bump into, and sometimes we get distracted. We think, oh, if only I could, if only I could fight coma in Uganda, I would really, like, make an impact. No, that's not what we're called to. We're called to love our neighbors, the people next to us, the people uh, on the Zoom tile next to you on the, the call, right? That's a joke, guys. Tough crowd. Yeah. And also, like, it's an amazing thing as a Christian as well. You just think, if you go to any country, man, you've got family there. You've got a bunch of people who you could be different cultures and immediately you could be connected with. So this is an encouragement. Proverbs 27 verse 11. Okay. Be wise, my son, and bring joy to my heart. Then I can answer anyone who treats me with contempt. Something, something, something about being a parent, very often you only ever hear the negative side. I know about you guys, when parents are always like, I'm quite tired, kids are demanding, uh, life's hard, I haven't slept. And uh, I just want to encourage you today that, that child, physical children are a wonder and a joy. I don't know if you guys noticed, but Ruan was, he snuck it in there. They got a third one on the way. Okay. Grandparents take courage. The Lord will, will provide. Huh? <laughs> yeah, but that's amazing. Eh? And, and, you know, as amazing as physical children are, so are spiritual children. And, um, and I just wanted to say... From Matthew 5.16, there's a verse that says, Let your light shine before others, so they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And um, there's wisdom in, in being wise. There's a wisdom in, in living out your life in wisdom, because it brings, it brings heart not only to your elders, but it brings glory and, and honor to God himself as well. Okay. How are we doing for time, Luke? Wrap up, okay. I'm going to land here on so many still. Proverbs 27 verse 12. The prudent see danger and take refuge, and the simple keep going and suffer for it. 
This is actually a link back to Proverbs 22, verse 3. Uh, Solomon's reminding us the importance of prudence and wisdom. Um, prudence is the ability to govern oneself by the use of reason. Okay, So prudence is the ability to govern oneself by the use of reason. And um, I just want to land here by saying, I'm so stoked that I'm, in, I'm, part of, I'm part of a body of believers. We went to that men's conference yesterday, as Rowan was sharing. I told someone I was going to men's conference, they laughed at me. They said, well, why? I said, well, I said, uh, my retort was, did your dad teach you everything you ever need to know about being a man? And he was like, ah, good point. No, <laughs> he hasn't, actually, you know. And, um, and I listened to these men that have gone before me, they've gone further than me, and like Luke Watson this big burly ex rugby player is quite a quite a vision, and um, you know the thing that he kept saying is that he needs Rian. You know he needs me. He needs we all need each other because I'm never going to walk into what God's got for me if I'm not doing it with the people that God's put in, in, next to me. You know, and I just want to say, guys, we live on a land there uh, where we have danger. Let's, let's be prudent. Let's, let's look out for danger. We're living, we're living in dangerous times. I, I hear stories every day of Christians being taken out the race, people being distracted, people being oh, caught up in sin. And, and I tell you, I, I often am so grateful that I find myself in a body of believers where I can walk out my salvation in fear and trembling. And I know there are people looking at my life that if I do step off, off the deep end, they're going to poke me. It's normally going to be Dave and Kina, but... But people will speak into my life. And, um, and I just want to encourage you. Like, I, love, I love that introduction to, to community because that's it. Eh? I, I come on Wednesday. We went through this whole thing of like, what does it look like to Sabbath? What does it look like to have margin? And Sundays are great. But Wednesdays, you get to, you get to take what we discussed here and really unpack it and really apply it. So if you're not in a community, I want to encourage you. Go to the one in Ocean View Drive. Mine's full, but go to that one. And... Um, <laughs> Yeah, and, 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 and be prudent. Okay, let's watch out for each other and let's love each other. Okay. Amazing.